coming up. Jesus was telling that young man what he needed to do to get saved because that was the thing that was in his way. So he's not necessarily telling you to do that. Not necessarily. I don't know. Maybe you do need to do that. I don't know. But but I know Jesus knows. And I, you probably know too what you have that competes with the things of God. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. God has created all humankind to become. Have you considered who and what you are becoming? Here's Pastor Robert continuing the message, We Are Becomers. So last week, just to give you a summation of what we talked about, we talked about uh, our main points anyway, that God made us not to just be, but also to become. We're not just created to exist, but also to become. And then we said, uh, so we must be very careful about who and what we become. We said we all have become something that God did not intend, because the scripture tells us that all, everybody, and that includes you, that includes me, my mama, your mama, everybody. I don't talk about my mom. I ain't talking about him. God is. God said, said that all have sinned. And you know that. You know that. <laughs> and fallen short of his glory. So we've all sinned. And then we said that God's love is demonstrated by his willingness to become. His willingness to become. And so we saw that he became, the word tells us he became flesh. The word became flesh. And also told us that Jesus became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. So Jesus demonstrated the whole becoming thing. And um, and then we talked about there are three primary things that affect our becoming. And that is the word of God, our relationships, and our activities. And the word of God is there, um, as you guys know. But the thought behind that is also that uh, we got to put the right things into our minds. And, the, and the, the, the best thing that you can ever put in your mind is truth. And the best place to find truth is in the word of God. <laughs> Amen. And so that's what uh, we want to do to become what God wants us to become. Get the word in us, have sound um, biblical relationships and have activities that are pleasing to the Father. And we're going to look at what Jesus said. One of the things Jesus said that he wants us to become, write this down on your paper. If you don't have an outline, raise your hand. If you need something to write with, raise your hand. Um, But on your paper, number one, um, what does Jesus intend for us to become? And I want to share with you and walk through one thing that he clearly says he wants us to become. We're going to talk about this. Clearly, he says he wants us to become. And that's A, uh, write this down, fishers of people. Fishers of people. That's what he wants us to become. And and it's clear. You don't have to guess about that. He He said it. The text says in Mark 1, 16 through 18, one day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, 
he saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water, for they were fishers for a living. Jesus called out to them, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. It don't get any clearer, does it? Uh-huh. He says, uh, he told them, he says, I'm going to show you how to fish for people. That's what he said. <laughs> okay. He says, come and follow me. So we're going to unpack this. Now, New King James Version phrased it like this in verse 17 of Mark 1. Then Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. Jesus says, follow me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. Every believer, every believer need to pay attention to this because if you are a believer in Christ Jesus, that means you are a follower of Christ Jesus, and that means that you ought to be coming a fisher of people, every single one of us. And Jesus says this is what he was going to do. If you're following me, that's what you will become. So we're going to unpack this. Number two, so we got to ask ourselves a question. How do we become fishers of people? Write that down. How do we become fishers of people? So the answer to this question is... Uh, the foundation of the answer to the question is right in the words that he spoke. And so let's break that down. There's four things here that Jesus said he was going to do in the process of us becoming fishers of people. A, the first thing is the way that we become fishers of people is to comply with the proposition. That's the first thing you have to do is comply with the proposition. Well, what's the proposition? It says again, Mark 117, then Jesus said to them, follow me. It's a real simple proposition. Follow me. Come along with me. Come after me, some translations say. Just follow me. And, and you think about that. I, you know, before, before MapQuest and Waze and all those other, you know, <laughs> ways to figure out where you're going, you know, we, we had some other methods. I know I'm dating myself, but we didn't, we didn't all, MapQuest didn't always exist, y'all. You know, um, with Maps been around for a long time, but not MapQuest, Okay. <laughs> And so we used to have to stop at a, 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 a we used, we used to, let's see, see, I, I'm going to know who's my age when how you respond to this statement. We used to have to stop at a filling station. <laughs> see, see, everybody don't even know it's, it used to be called that. It, we used to call it a, a filling station. We didn't call it a gas station. It used to be called a filling station. Y'all remember that? Yeah. And we used to have to stop at a filling station. Right. And in this in this case, we would have to get out of the car. You know, yeah, you know, it used to be uh, used to you used to have a full service 
filling station. Where you all you had to do was pull up and with your car, stay in your car, and something and somebody come along and say, "What well, gas? How much gas you want? And which gas you want?" You know, it used to be different kinds of gas. I mean, there still are different gases, but now we got a primary. Everybody kind of get regular. It's a few cars that get the diesel, but it used to get regular and. You should get unleaded and leaded, leaded gas. And you have to tell the guy, the servant, the, the, the guy at the filling station, I want unleaded or leaded gas and to give me, you know, $2 or whatever you, you want to get, right? And, and yeah, yeah. And, and getting the full, it went a long way, didn't it? Didn't $2 go a long way? And he would check your oil and wash your windows. That's how it used to be. And yeah, but things, things are different now, right? And so we would stop there, and if you didn't know where you was going, you would ask the attendant, you know, how do I get to whatever address you want to get to? And he would say, okay, you go up here, you go down two lights, you make a right on the street, you got to see the landmark. The landmark is that big, that, big, that big pole sitting in the air. He'll give you the landmark, and he'll tell you where to go. That was before MapQuest and Waze and all the other apps they have to show you where to go. And then the other thing you would do, you know, somebody didn't know how to tell you where to go, they would say, just follow me. Just follow me, I'll, I'll take you there. Y'all remember that? Just, just, I, 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 they say, how do I get that? I, I don't know, just follow me, just, just follow me. Just follow me, right? And some people was hard to follow. Y'all ever follow somebody that was hard to follow? Because it's like they forgot you was back there. <laughs> you know, and so they, they, they going, you know, you know, 70, 80, you know, 70, because the speed limit used to be, you know, a little slower. And they would go way past the speed limit. You're trying to catch up, and you don't know. You're looking up ahead, and you just can't, can't tell where they are. <laughs> They were hard to follow. They was hard to follow. And then sometimes you would guess. I guess he turned here since I don't see. And then you, sometimes you guess wrong. Sometimes you guess right. And you just be lost. You just be lost. But know this. I tell the story because Jesus ain't hard to follow. In terms of knowing where he at. He's at. That's that thing. He's, he, he doesn't get out of your sight. Okay, he's not hard to follow in that sense where he gets out of your sight. Because what he wants you to do is very clear. He tells me, tell you what I want you to do, it's very clear. The hard part that makes him hard to follow is that he gets out of your will. <laughs> you know, he don't get out of your sight, but he gets he does get out of your will though. Because he, he wants to go some places you don't want to go. And then that makes it hard. And so you see Jesus going, you see Jesus loving your, his enemies, and then you go like, <sighs> I don't know <laughs> if I'm going to follow you there. So complying with the proposition is not as easy as it might seem if we are to be honest about it. If we're going to be honest about it. So you say, well, that's simple. No, it's, it is simple in concept, but in practicality, it's not easy to do. And that's why we have to yield. And, and that's why he said, 
I'm going to show you how to become a fisher of men. So the first thing we must do is comply with the proposition. Now, I'm going to walk through these four things that he, he gives us on how we become fishers of men. And I'm going to walk through them, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna do an A and a B. We're gonna, I'm going to show you what it doesn't look like, and then I'm going to show you what it looks like. So that we can be very clear about how to become a fisher of men, because Jesus says that's what we ought to become if you are a follower of Christ. Right. So this is what complying with the proposition doesn't look like. Uh, on number one, um, A1 on your paper, write this down. Not complying looks like the rich young ruler. Not complying looks like the rich young ruler. Okay. Now, before the text picks up on your paper, I want to tell the story. The rich young ruler runs up to Jesus. We look through the, through the different gospels of the Bible and get the depiction of what happened. He came running to Jesus. He fell down and he said to Jesus, Master, what must I do to, to obtain a, a eternal life? He's saying, basically, what do I need to do to get saved? And, he, and then one of the gospels says, he says, good master, what must I do to get saved? And so Jesus replies to him. At one point he says, uh, why do you call me good? Why are you calling me good? He said, ain't nobody good but God. I'm paraphrasing. He said, ain't nobody good but God. You, you sure you want to call me good? In other words, are you sure you want to call me God? <laughs> Since ain't nobody good but God and you calling me good master, do you realize you're calling me God? See, this is a critical, this, this is a critical point. See, it's a critical. Because some people want to say Jesus, but they don't want to call him God. Well, Jesus says, no, ain't, ain't nobody good but God. You know, you did well calling me good, but do you realize what you're saying? And he talks to him, he tells him, he gives him a list of some of the commandments that he could do. Rich young ruler says, the ones that Jesus gave me, he didn't give them all of them. He gave him, you know, he said, he said, Oh, I've been doing those since I was a youngin'. And then he says, Well, what do I still lack? The rich young ruler says. So Jesus, in your on your paper, Jesus replies. Again, Jesus is trying to tell him what he needs to do to get saved or get eternal life. Jesus replies, Matthew 19, 21. Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect or complete, go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. I'm going to pause right there for a second. Okay. So Jesus says, okay, you, if you really want this, this is what you're going to have. Now, understand, I, don't, don't trip, you know, don't get all, you know, start thinking about your bank account and everything is like, man, I got to give up all my stuff. <laughs> you know, don't start tripping. Don't start tripping. Jesus was telling that young man what he needed to do to get saved because that was the thing that was in his way. So he's not necessarily telling you to do that. Not necessarily. I don't know. Maybe you do need to do that. I don't know. But, but I know Jesus knows and I, you probably know too what you have that competes with the things of God. You probably already know what they are. 
I don't know. I don't know what they are. I can't read your mind. I, you know, I, I don't. I, you know, I don't follow you around that much. I ain't watching you like that. You know, so I don't really know. But I think you know. You know, it might be your TV. I don't know. You know, maybe you don't need a remote control. You know what? Some of us, you know, some of us really need to go back like 40 years to those TVs that I had two channels. You know, really, some of us would do a whole lot better if our TV only had two channels with the rabbit ears on them. And because having all them other channels is jacking some of us up. It's just giving us, two, we just, we able to look at too much stuff, all right, to be honest about it. But I don't know what your thing is, but I do know there's something that you do need to give up. For this young man, Jesus said, you need to give up all your stuff. Okay. Jesus said, Jesus, think about this. Think about this. Just think about what all your stuff would look like. And if Jesus told you, you need to give up all your stuff, you know, that means your toaster got your heart. <laughs> Yo, you know, you love your toaster too much. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> you love your cup of coffee too much. You love your refrigerator too much, your car too much. You love, you know, if he had just told you, you need to give all your stuff, you know, he said, sell it all. Just think of what that would look like. Every, the things that this man's possessions had his heart, we're going to see. And so Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, you need to give it all up. That's what he told him. He says, after you do that, now you're ready to follow me and get this eternal life that you say you want. Verse 22 goes on and says, when the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great possession, great wealth. Y'all see what happened? This is what complying with the proposition doesn't look, not complying with the proposition looks like. He didn't comply because the proposition for him to follow was to give up all his stuff. And he says, nah, I'm going to pass on that. And he chose sadness over goodness. Because it says he went away sad. And Jesus told him what good, how he can get goodness. But he didn't want it. He, he'd rather have his. Y'all seen that in life? Where people chose stuff that just tore them down versus the stuff that would have built them up. They chose it. And it says he went away sad. He didn't follow. The sacrifice was too much. But it was necessary for him because Jesus wants to be number one. Do y'all understand that? Not number two. Not number three. Jesus wants to be number one in our lives. And he gave a proposition to this young man where he could be number one. And the, man, the young man said, I'd rather keep my other number one. He didn't follow. So let's talk about what it does look like. Number two, write this down. Complying means reprioritizing. I know I gave you some long words there. You got to write a lot, but I, I had to put it. It means <laughs> reprioritizing and reorganizing our lives. Complying with the proposition means to reprioritize and to reorganize 
our lives. The, 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 these first uh, disciples he, he talked to, they displayed it. Mark 1.18 says, they immediately left their nets and followed him. When he gave the proposition, they didn't have to say, you know, let's, you know, they didn't have to have huddle up and say, you know what, y'all hear what he said? What do you think? What you think, Andrew? <laughs> you know, they didn't, they didn't have that conversation. They all understood, and they said, you know, they just immediately left their nets. Y'all, y'all get this. Understand, fishing was their livelihood. They did, they fished for a living. Okay? That was their job. Jesus says, come and follow me. They walked off the job. Y'all understand? They didn't go to the office and talk to HR and say, you know, can you cut me my last check, you know, before I go. They just dropped the nets and left. Their job, their livelihood. They just gave it up and didn't hesitate. It's as immediately they did that. Now, it, it won't look the same for all of us when we follow him. It won't look the same. It'll look differently. Just like the, for the rich young ruler, what he needed to give up was all his stuff. How that doesn't look the same for all of us. Following Jesus doesn't look, but it does mean this. It means you got to walk away from something. You got to drop something. I don't know what your net is. That you, I don't know what your net is dropping, but you need to drop something. Following Jesus means you drop something. You, you can't be like, uh, I'm going to follow you, Jesus, but I'm going to still be and do the same things I've been seeing, being and doing. That It doesn't work that way. You have to drop something. What you're dropping is one thing for you, one thing for me. But the goal is that Jesus wants to be number one. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. You know God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin so that you could live with him forever. If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I sinned against you. I've made some mistakes in my life. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and my mistakes, and I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me to reflect the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to personally welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to connect with the church near you so that you can learn more about Jesus, grow closer to God, and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf 
to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. Jesus says, I, I understand there was a point in which you didn't understand. But I also know that you've had some experiences with me that you should understand. What, what's in your life right now you still have trouble understanding <laughs> about Jesus that you probably should understand after all God has done in your life? What, what is it? He says, do you still not understand? Thank you for listening. 